I watch film, but I'd be honest, I mean, when I first started watching film, I was just watching the game. Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and I'm not joined by anybody, I'm just on my own. So listen, I wanted to do the podcast as usual once a week, I promised I would and I've got some exciting stuff coming up as well. I'm thinking about doing sort of a, a random podcast series. So to just pick a piece of the Packers history, something that's going on, something that piques our interest here at UK Packers and do kind of a little podcast on it. I'm going to call it the random ones. So it's not going to be random in time. Hopefully it'll be quite structured. Um, so look out for that one, giving people dropping a bit of knowledge on your ass, um, you know, throughout the off season. But listen, I wanted to talk about a topic really in particular. There's a lot of stuff going on in, in Pack Nation. And one thing that I can't stand is kind of speculation and a load of balls out there. You know, people banging on about stuff that they don't know. I'm not saying I'm an expert, but I'm just... Uh, so, for instance, uh, Joe Philbin's going to be hired by the Packers. We don't know under what capacity. People are saying it's offensive coordinator. Some people are saying it's not the OC, but he's going to be doing most of the jobs that the OC is doing. But we don't know yet because Mike McCarthy has to go and define those roles for the offensive side of the ball. They're still going through their evaluations and all of that type of stuff. What I did want to look at, and more so research for myself, and bring to the UK uh, fan base, and of course all of the Americans that listen, the Bulgarians, um just what exactly we did with our general manager so news has come out everybody knows by now if you don't know by now uh let me give you the sort of background to it so we had so first off it's brian gutekunst is the general manager um an awful lot of people asking how do you pronounce it anybody who did german in school will know that gute gutekunst is art gutekunst is what it is but they call him goody so i think i'll call him goody because it sounds less um, you know, because I have to put on the German accent every time I say "Gut Kunst." So Goody anyway got the job, and there was three real internal candidates that they had: Elliot Wolf, Russ Ball, and Goody. And then they also apparently went for Doug Whaley as an as an outside guy. They interviewed him. They asked to interview John Schneider, who's the general manager of Seattle, and they also went after Reggie McKenzie, who's the general manager in Oakland. So Seattle told the Packers to get lost um, and John Schneider signed a contract till 2021 and if the Packers were going to get him they would have to give up trades cash or whatever they did to get him now some people are saying that uh, the job in Green Bay would be a promotion that's a given because it's Green Bay and not Seattle right but in all seriousness they say that it's because he'd have more responsibilities now that we see that isn't the case and I'll go on and explain that Reggie McKenzie declined the interview himself and that's likely because John Gruden is coming on as the general manager of Oakland. He's going to be getting a whopper $100 million deal, which is eye-watering, crying here at my desk. And there's exciting stuff going on in Oakland. Uh, they look to rebuild, so he's going to want to stay on for that because that's, you know, there's money being thrown around all over the place. So that left them with Elliot Wolf, Russ Ball, uh, Goody and Doug Whaley. Now, I'm glad they didn't go for Doug Whaley. It's like when people are quoting Rex Ryan for defensive coordinator. And I don't have egg on my face and they end up doing it. Uh, I don't think it's a good choice. I don't think it's a good fit for Green Bay. I don't think it's an upgrade. Uh, Rex Ryan has been, I want to say, an embarrassment in places that he's been. Um, He's a controversial character. He doesn't really fit the Green Bay mold. Now, wait, look, maybe they'll break out from it. They know more than I do. Of course they do. I'm a leprechaun from Ireland, right? 
Um, but I wouldn't agree with it. So when I heard Doug Whaley, that was along the same lines for me. Because the last time I remember Doug Whaley, he was getting absolutely bollocked by the the Buffalo Bills media. Like one guy actually asked him, like, what do you actually do for a living? And it's and do you know what? The interesting part about it was it was to do with what the Packers are just after doing. And the Buffalo Bills crowd, the media, couldn't understand the structure. So the structure has changed in Green Bay. We have Goody as GM, and we're going to have to come up with a snappy phrase because we had in Ted we trust. Now we need something for Goody. Um, so the structure has changed. Mark Murphy has made one of the biggest changes that he has done since he's he's got to Green Bay. So what he's done is, is that traditionally what would happen was, and what did happen, is Mike McCarthy would report to Ted Thompson. Ted Thompson would report to Mark Murphy. Now the GM, Brian Gutekunst, is going to report directly to Mark Murphy that hasn't changed the head coach Mike McCarthy is going to report directly to Mark Murphy not the GM so that's different and also Russ Ball one of the candidates he was put out they put him out looking like the accountant I'm not talking the Ben Affleck accountant I'm talking the beige suit calculator pocket protector and pens in every color in the top pocket they put him out as this kind of finance nerd right he's got promoted to executive vice president of football operations and he's going to report directly to Mark Murphy. So it's the trifecta, really. That's how it's changed in structure-wise. And I see a big deal made about that online. And people asked, you know, does Goody have the authority to hire and fire head coaches? And, you know, Mark Murphy came out and said that would sit with him. He's going to make the decision on the head coach. And there was a gasp online. There was a gasp everywhere uh, on Twitter. All of the all of the geniuses on there. Um, really, what it comes down to is, if the head coach reports to the GM, the GM reports to the president or the owner. Like, do you really think that the the GM's gonna make just gonna go in and willy nilly, you know, sack his head coach without even running it by the owner or whatever? All of that stuff's come comes from above, and, and that's kind of what happened with with Doug Whaley. Rex Ryan was with Buffalo. He had the big truck with Buffalo written on the side of it, uh, which he had to go home in, by the way, after he got sacked, which was embarrassing for him. Doug Whaley did an end-of-year press conference, and he said that he had no choice over the sacking of Rex Ryan, that that all came from the owners, which prompted people to say, well, did they ask you about it? And he said, no, I had nothing to do with it. I didn't even know. And then that prompted this whole thing about what is actually your job? What do you actually do? So that was seen as strange back then. Um, I went researching online because... They asked Mark Murphy about that and he said that that's pretty common now in the NFL, which it is. So I went looking and the only article that I could find was one from ages ago. It was a, it was a Dolphins article about them setting up this type of structure in Miami. And they said that it was strange and they run down through all of the conferences to show, you know, who's in charge of who. But it is becoming increasingly more common. Now, the reason that um, Mark Murphy said he did it was, and this is his words, that there were silos, uh, which means that, you know, information gets sort of trapped and it doesn't get up to the certain levels. It kind of sticks uh, where it is. So, you know, the, the flow of information wasn't great. Now, I've seen articles to say um, that this is going to improve because the relationship between player personnel and the coach wasn't great. And it, that was a bit of a head scratcher. I was thinking, oh, really, how did they... Because, look, the main thing for me is, is how did they know? How did they know all of this? Like, you can come out with stuff and say, oh, Elliot Wolf is the great couple if he didn't get the job. How do you know? How do you know he's great? Like, yeah, we can infer and assume he's great because he's with the Packers. He's been promoted a ton of times. He's got interviews for GM elsewhere. I don't put as much in the pedigree. Yes, his dad was Ron Wolf. 
But just because your dad's good at something doesn't mean you are. If your dad's a brain surgeon, doesn't mean you can just go crack someone's head open and have at it. You know, there's training in that. There's, I don't, what, is, is being a good GM genetic? I mean, you know, is that along with recessive genes like red hair, being a good GM, does that come with it? And I know that sounds like I'm being flippant, but I'm just saying is you can have a natural aptitude. Um, you can lean on y- your family. Elliot Wolf, I know, has been exposed to the Packers and to football in general um, for a very long time now. It's bizarre to me how people know. However, they've come out and said that, you know, what's lapsed lately has been the kind of communication between the personnel department and the coach. And I questioned that in the podcast a couple of months ago. When A-Rod went down, Mike McCarthy got angry when people kept suggesting Colin Kaepernick and said that he was going to stick with Brett Hundley, put his time into him, yada yada. Then it came out that they tried to put feelers out to sign a veteran quarterback that same week. And they asked Mike McCarthy and he shrugged his shoulders as if to say, I don't know what about it, it's nothing to do with me, that's the personnel department. That seems strange to me, that seemed very like Premier League football, you know, R- Roman Abramovich is coming out and he's trying to sign you know, Fernando Torres and says, right, you have to play him now. That's that's what that sounded like to me, which was odd because I would have thought that the head coach would have that structure in place. He's calling the plays. It seemed odd to me that he wouldn't have input into whether they sign a veteran quarterback and what that would do to his team and his roster and the morale in the locker room more so than anything else. So that's how it is. We have Goody now. He's uh, reportedly been signed to a five-year deal. I kind of touched on it. Let me talk about Elliot Wolf for a second, right? What do you know about Elliot Wolf? If you're talking to your radio, that's not how this works. This is a one-way street. But it's a rhetorical question. What do we know about Elliot Wolf? We know he's, from, from what we hear, he's a, no, not talking to, to Twitter trolls online, from these shadowy figures in the league who are quoted anonymously in articles to say he's a good scouting guy. And all the rest, right? So we know he has pedigree and I've no doubt that he does. He's in the Packers organization now for a long time. Uh, He comes from the Ron Wolf tree uh, in both family tree and scouting tree. But so does Goody, right? And Goody has more time on him. Goody's 44 years of age. Uh, Elliot Wolf is 35. So looking at the age gap and looking at the experience there and also the fact that what the hell do we know? You know, Goody got the job over Elliot Wolf, you know, Ron Wolf came out and said that they, something along the lines that they don't value him high enough to promote him to that role. Um, yeah, that might be the case that, you know, there's better people up there than him. I mean, Russ Ball was rumored to be the number one candidate, but then we had Bob McGinn come out and say, uh, if he was to get promoted, then Aaron Rodgers was going to be unhappy that Mike McCarthy would likely leave. And there was all this talk that the the Giants head coaching job is up for grabs and he's just going to go off there, which is just ridiculous. So, look, whether that is the case or not, who knows. But out of the three internal candidates, the one who's kind of lost out to a degree would be Elliot Wolf. Now, arguably he's young. Um, he's got that energy. He's got, you know, if, if he's going to get to where Goody is, you know, he's got another nine years to get there. And that's a long time. And they... This guy, Goody, you know, he's a... I'll go through his sort of bio that was put out by the Packers now um, in a little while. But, I mean, this guy comes from a scouting background as well. But the most bizarre, ridiculous thing that I've read online is that someone said, oh, 
you know, I'd feel bad if I was Elliot Wolf. If, if you've been working in the role for 20 years and you get passed over, that's hard to handle. Let me read it right. Elliot Wolf is 35. Okay. 20 years ago, he was 15. He hasn't been working for the Packers since he's 15. Now, before you start shouting and going, yeah, well, he's rent. Look, my dad's been a manager for donkey's years and he, you know, worked in factories, worked his way up uh, and became successful at what he did. I used to work in the factory as a summer, in, you know, not a summer intern because I don't intern in the factory, but I was going in doing a hard grind, grinding up metal, getting swarf in my hands. It was a tough job. Um, if I was working in the factory from a young age, yes, I'd have an understanding about how it works. Uh, but at the end of the day, I would be 15, okay? So all of the, I see all of this stuff as well of like, Elliot Wolf was writing scouting reports at 14. Yeah, that, like, we hear that all the time about rappers, that, oh, he was rapping since the age of four. And like, give me a break. I mean, you're not going to be rapping at the age of four and get a record deal and be slamming tracks and recording videos. It's just ridiculous. Like, just because you've been doing it from a young age doesn't mean, A, that you're any good at it, and B, that you should accept what a 14-year-old writes in a scouting... I doubt they got one of Elliot Wolf's scouting reports, no offence to the guy, looked at it at age 14 and actioned it. He's 14, okay? He's a boy. So, similarly, you know, both of these men, really, you have to take them on when they joined the workforce, got into the workforce in, in a in a meaningful way, was trained and started to apply those skills and then gain that experience based on exposure. Now, I know there's a lot to be said for growing up in a football family. Uh, case in point would be Sean McVay. So he grew up, his grandfather was uh, running the show with the Niners. They went to a bunch of Super Bowls. He's been around football. He kind of gets how it works. That That's intangible, of course. But I'm just saying, is that can we not count his scouting report at age 14 as his first sort of role uh, with the Green Bay Packers, please. And can we wait till he goes through college, develops as a person, gains that personality, um, and then carries that into the workforce and onwards. So that's where Goody's been working in on a long time. He has a good scouting background. Uh, Ball has got the promotion. He's still going to be the money guy. Uh, he's seen as adept at handling that contract negotiations, keeping the salary cap on point. Uh, this, you know, this year they've, they've a, a ton of money. I see quotes of 26 million in cap space they're gonna have to have you know Aaron Rodgers contract locked up and to worry about that they have big contracts like Jordy Cobb uh, Clay Matthews is a colossal one that they might have to restructure or you know cut some veteran players maybe this is the time to do it who knows um he's a you know Goody's not inheriting a team like what Alex Ferguson get to David Moyes you know where it's an aging squad they're all clapped out and he needs to rebuild there is, um, of course, an element of rebuilding here, particularly on defense, but that might come under the coach. And maybe we have just enough freshness in the building now to build on that. So back to Elliot Wolf. Goody came out and mentioned him in his opening presser. Um, so did Mark Murphy saying that he will be GM one day. Uh, I think they acknowledge the fact that they might lose him. There's rumors that he's going to go to Cleveland, obviously not to be GM, but to go and earn more experience there. Now, you'd have to wonder to yourself, do you follow Alonzo Highsmith to Cleveland? Are they going to do good things? Is he going to effectively get a promotion by going to Cleveland? Does anybody, when they go to Cleveland, I mean, look at their season 0-16. Arguably, the only way is up for them, but you would have said that a couple of years ago as well, and they still stink. So, does he go to Cleveland? Does he just hang around Green Bay where he's they know his value? Now, you might say they don't know his value because they didn't promote him to GM, but maybe... 
maybe he's not the best candidate. So I know it sounds like I'm being harsh on Elliot Wolf, and I hope it doesn't come across that way because I'm not being harsh on him. I just really getting to the core and trying to question whether we know enough about the internal workings of the organization. I personally don't think that I do. So I take it that because these people have been promoted a bunch of times that they're high caliber. I've no doubt that Elliot Wolf is fantastic at his job. But they've deemed that he's not the best person for the job. Now, there are reports that Goody was going to go for the Texas GM job and the Packers didn't want to lose him. So they signed him up as GM. But I don't think you mortgage your entire team and livelihood on a guy who you didn't think was worth it. And if Goody and Elliot Wolf were so close in talent and outlook, and their ability to do the job, the Packers could have turned around and said, right, Goody, you go off to Texas. Thank you for your service. We're going to move forward with Elliot Wolf now. So obviously the Gulf was big enough, and I know Gulf sounds a bit harsh as well, for them to say to Goody, no, you're the man for the job. Here's a five-year deal. And to risk losing Elliot Wolf. Because either way, from the reports, you're going to alienate somebody in these transactions. They also didn't want to lose out on Russ Ball, by not promoting him to GM. You know, there were stories out there again. And I, that's that's why I'm very careful to say that, that the stories out there because I don't think we we are privy to the info, right? So the stories out there that Russ Ball wanted to be a GM, he saw his opportunities as kind of limited because he was more of a finance specialist as opposed to a strict, pure scouting guy. So they didn't want to lose him either, so they promoted him. So they've risked losing Elliot Wolf, and Goody came out in his presser and said that he hopes he sticks around He's cognizant of the fact that he's going to have other opportunities and that he's kind of offered to him to be kind of his right-hand man. Maybe that benefits Elliot Wolf, and maybe if it doesn't work out with Goody that he steps into that role. Also, you know, what are we, three years away from Schneider's contract being up in Seattle? So this could be a three-year project. But I don't think for an instant that Mark Murphy um, is going to put somebody in that position that he doesn't think is going to be able to handle the job and for that to seep into the team and for the team to have tremendous success. That's what we all want. That's what Goody says that he wants. He's he's in it to win it, is what he was saying. They asked him about free agency. What is he going to do? He reiterated that the team still has to be draft and develop, but he's going to be more aggressive in places. He has to guard his words here. I mean, Ted's you know, he's he's just stepped aside. He's just been given the job. He's not going to get up on the podium and say, oh, Jesus, Ted was crap, wasn't he? I'm going to get into free agency and I'm going to smash it. I mean, he's not going to say that. He's going to... And as well, look, if you listen to Mark Murphy's presser, he said something similar, right? He was saying, you know, the person's going to have to be creative. They're going to have to, you know, realize the fact that there is a salary cap and that we have certain constrictions. And everyone knows, you listen to the podcast, you're a Packers fan. If you're not, welcome all, all of the Packer fans know, and everyone across the league knows, we don't have a rich owner. We can't be bailed out. Everybody has a you know salary cap anyway, so you've got to work within those constraints. And we're not going to be reckless with our money. And ever since Russ Ball came to the team, you know whatever it was about ten years ago, you know the salary cap has been a strength of the Packers, and we've we've worked it pretty well. So let's have a look, sort of more in depth as to exactly who Goody is. So he joined the Packers in 1998. Um, he was an area scout for Ron Wolf, um, who we all know his caliber. And he stayed in that sort of scouting role for 13 years. 
So before all of that, if you want to talk about pedigree, I mean, this guy has the pedigree as well. Now, people will say, obviously, not to the same heights of, of Elliot Wolf with Ron Wolf. That might be fair enough. Um, his father was a, a college coach. He bounced around to different college teams. And when Goody went to college himself um, in the University of Wisconsin Lacrosse, he had a short playing career. And then he did a degree in sports management, which is also positive. And then he joined the coaching staff in college. Um, and he was the linebackers coach. And according to the Packers here, it says that they went undefeated with a 14-0 record and a Division Three national championship. Now, you might sort of say Division Three, and now we're in the pros, but, you know, give the guy a break. Um, he went on, he was with the New Orleans Saints for some time. Then he went to become a scouting assistant with Kansas City. And then he joined Ron Wolf's scouting team in 1998. So 13 seasons as a scout. Uh, he was a scout for the East Coast first uh, from 99 to 2000. So about two, three years there. And then he went and was in the college scouting team for the Southeast region for 10 years. So he was promoted then. Uh, most recently to the director of player personnel in March of 2016. Um, and that was his second promotion, according to the Packers here, in five years after serving as the Packers director of college scouting from 2012 to 15. So after he um, ended being a region scout for the Southeast, became director of college scouting, and then went on to become director of player personnel. Look, the guy has the pedigree. Um, he's has a good manner. There was reports came out in ESPN of, you know, people were asking to describe him. And apparently he's like a carbon copy of John Schneider. Schneider having far more experience. Schneider came into the, organ the Packers organization about five years before uh, Goody did. So he has, you know, that sort of five years on him. So John Schneider would be seen as sort of better than Goody. Uh, and Goody would be seen as a very close second to him. Further down that again, if you look at that difference of about five years in the Packers organization and then Schneider has been GM um, for a long time now in Seattle and then you look at Elliot Wolf. Elliot Wolf has nine years less than Goody so that will kind of put it maybe in the hierarchy not that you can go solely by by years everyone knows a guy who's worked in the organization for donkey's years and they've kind of stayed in around to where they are obviously that's not the way these guys are because Wolf and Goody have been promoted quite a lot over the last number of years and um, to show that they have value there so, again, he's been quoted as being the next John Schneider. Um, and he's he's sort of seen to, you know, be egoless was one of the things that I saw about him, that he was approachable, that he's easy to talk to, which is a deviation from what Ted Thompson was as well. It seems that what Murphy is doing here is is by having the trifecta with Ball, uh, Mike McCarthy as coach, and Goody is, is that he's trying to open up the channels of communication because... That's something that we saw in the Packers locker room this year. And I know me and Andy have talked about it on the podcast. There's something very wrong in Green Bay. There's, we saw Haha Clinton Dix come out and take shots at other players. You know, he didn't mention them. Uh, we saw Demarius Randall come out with sort of strange comments. Some people defending Dom Capers. We've saw other defensive players kind of slam him and some of the coaching staff. But there seems to be something pretty dark. And Mike McCarthy came out and, you know, got rid of Dom Capers. I'd love to put that in a better way. You know, got rid of other defensive coaches. The offensive coordinator is now gone. Uh, the receiver's coach has gone to, to college ball. Uh, the quarterback's coach uh, has let his contract expire. So maybe there's an issue with morale. Um, maybe there's an issue with the coaching staff in general. 
there's maybe a bit of stagnation there. So that all looks to be in an attempt from Mike McCarthy with letting those coaches go and Mark Murphy opening up these three roles together. Maybe he's trying to clear out a bit of that atmosphere and get in a winning mentality. It was the same mentality that was there when Ron Wolf took over and came in. And we heard this off Leroy Butler. He came in and looked at all of the players and said, look, lads, most of you aren't even going to be here next year. He was ballsy and came in and did it. And that's something that we're going to expect uh, from Goody. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to work out if better than Elliot would have. Um, maybe he won't. Maybe he, he will. We'll never know because Elliot won't get the, the, hasn't got the job. Now, maybe he will get a GM's job in the near future. We'll see what he can do there. But whether that's even going to be directly comparable because maybe he'll inherit a team that's terrible. Maybe he'll inherit a team that's fantastic and make him look great. Who knows what he'll be able to do in the future. Now, I've no doubt that if he is a good guy and he is as good as people think he is and say he is, uh, well, then he's going to go on to great things. But like already, there's an article on, on Packers.com who just says, you know, get to know Goody or whatever. And the comments underneath it are pretty visceral. One guy goes, oh, bring back the 70s and 80s, a GM with no power. I hope I'm wrong, but Mark Murphy is the problem, not the solution, in my opinion. And other guys jumping in going, I think you're right. And then there's one guy here who basically tries to make out that this is some sort of Roman drama where, you know, Mark Murphy has effectively seized control like an emperor and uh, done away with, he's effectively tried to make himself the owner. Look, I don't think that's the case. I don't think it's in the best interest of Mark Murphy to make a power play you know, and take over the whole show. Look, he's the president. He has to make these decisions. Who knows? Look, everyone's going to have an opinion. Um, So, look, there are the facts about the whole thing. We have a new GM now. We have a new structure in Green Bay. We're about to have a whole new set of coaches. And hopefully, we'll be able to bring you a bit more detail on those coaches um, as we go forward. Um, It's pretty grisly. We're in the off-season. But somewhere that you can find some of our stuff is that um, BetBright, the betting company, asked us to give some content for their website. So, they, they had nothing on their website to do with american football uh you know they they know about us and i've been on irish radio now for the last four years and live radio is a scary thing and so one way or another they they approached me and asked me to do a bit of content so that's what i've been doing now my first week so i had to do a sort of a post review piece that was fine analyzing the games is kind of what we do here um and then i had to do a vlog so that was a bit of an adventure right um, so I did that for them and I predicted all the home games and I was, you know, given all the stats and facts as to why and I got absolutely pasted uh, with the with the way the playoffs panned out uh, with the Titans winning over the Chiefs, which is the second biggest road playoff comeback in NFL history. The first one was, uh, you know, the beloved Lions uh, who came back in San Francisco. I think there was a 20 point difference there in 1957. And the Chiefs managed to blow it. So, you know, we're going to be taking the piss rightly out of Tom Childs and the Kansas City Chiefs. Boys uh, for that. Uh, and then all they have to do is remind us of the NFC Championship game and then we duly shut up. Um, and then the other game, of course, that, that went pear-shaped. Um, well, the Buffalo Bills was a strange game. We expected them to cover the spread, the Jacksonville Jags, because they hadn't scored less than 20 points uh, three times this season and only scored 10 points once. And that's exactly what it did. They laid an egg against the Buffalo Bills. Not entirely because they've got through, but Blake Bortles, uh, you know, just overthrew everybody. They're going to send him to North Korea to overthrow uh, Kim Jong-un. Um, so there was that game. And then the Saints game as well, you know, with that sort of comeback, we've seen Cam Newton get absolutely clobbered um, in that game. And then finally, of course, the Rams, the top-scoring offense at home, uh, lost to the Falcons. 
which was pretty crazy. So I got absolutely whacked for that one. So I've the post-review piece up there. And look, it's any given Sunday. Jeez, the playoffs have been crazy. So eight games left in the playoffs, which leads us on to the Super Bowl. And we've got that Super Bowl party. There's still tickets available. We're having that in Birmingham. It's going to be a great event. Uh, there's loads of stuff going on behind the scenes of, you know, trying to get comedians and DJs and, and, and beer pong going and sort of all these other fun games going. Uh, we're going to have a rouse on the night for some big ticket items. That's going to be great. We're going to have flag because there's a field out the back. Um, the hotel is a fantastic uh, Ramada hotel. It's for a twin room. So two single beds in the room. You can get the room for 70 quid. So that's 35 pounds per person along with your Super Bowl ticket. That comes to 60 pounds all in for the entire night for your stay and your Super Bowl party ticket, which is buffet American food. It's going to be fantastic. Um, So, you know, getting sort of dumped out in the regular season isn't great, but at least it lets us sort of blow the stink off before we get to the Super Bowl and get to that party. Uh, the Chiefs looked like they could have done it, but alas, they lost to the Titans, who will now go on and lose in the next round, so it'll all be kind of for nothing, but they looked fairly dangerous. Um, so both teams won't have that vested interest in the Super Bowl, but look, it's going to be great. We're going to all get to hang out, and uh, you'll definitely meet some friends for life. Also, uh, become an official UK Packers member. Just sign up. It lets us know where you are, because we're already organising meetups for next year. And that's going to be exciting stuff. So Scotland's on the cards. Wales is on the cards. We'd love to have another Irish meetup. We're definitely going to hit London again. And there's some other pockets that we want to go to around the country that have really surprised us as to where the fans are. And we only know that because you've signed up and given us uh, whereabouts you're based. So make sure you go along to the to the website and sign up to be an official member. But look, I hope that was informative. I hope I wasn't too preachy. I tried not to be. I just wanted to give you the download on Goody. Sort of, yes, that scouting background. There's a, you know, let's be positive about it. Uh, what do we know about Elliot Wolf? He's still in the organization, still in the building for now. Will he move on? Will he not? That's something that's out of our control for now. Um, and I hope to come back and look, I'm going to have some some good guests throughout the offseason. Hopefully going to give you some nice facts and stats and some interesting stuff behind the Packers organization to give you something to listen to throughout the offseason, keep you entertained. We had those sort of famous podcasts now, the, the history podcast with myself and Rhino. So be sure to check those out if you haven't already. And, and give them, you know, give that to the youth. T- tell the kids to listen to them and they'll know all about the Packers and fall in love with them as well. But from myself, at CDDNFL on Twitter, follow the group at UK Packers. Make sure that you follow our Facebook and Instagram groups also. And we have that closed group on Facebook. Make sure you get yourself in there. There's some great debate that goes on. It's private. You know, the stuff that you're saying there is just to other Packer fans. So you're in good company. Make sure you get to our page at UK Packers. Go down to the link groups. Request an invite. We'll get you into that group and have some fun but till the next podcast till we find it who are you know the coaching sort of shake up works out we'll talk to you then